Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. Look what you did to my store. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. I wasn't planning on recording tonight, but the events of today just cannot go unanswered. So let's address the elephant in the room right off. We're not in a civil war. We are not in a revolution. And we sure as hell don't want to start one. A young woman died today. I saw the video, and the look on her face was shock and terror as she quietly bled out fast from a bullet wound to the neck. There was blood and panic everywhere. That is what war and revolution look like, only on a much, much more profound scale. I was listening to Charlie Kirk livestream during the riot. He had Pastor Rob McCoy join him. Pastor McCoy made a really good point, and I'm going to quote him directly here. Any jackass can kick down a barn door. Only a skilled carpenter can build one. He went on to clarify what he meant by that. He said that revolutions are the easy part. It doesn't take much skill to tear down a government. Break enough stuff, and you'll cause the necessary unrest, uncertainty, and fear. Building a stable, functional government from the ashes? That's the hard part. That takes real skill. Skill that revolutionaries rarely possess. Tim Pool wrote a song called Will of the People. I'm going to link it in the description. Don't just listen to it. Watch the video. He nails the cycle of revolution. It's a horrific process. Most revolutions are populist movements. By that I mean the people get mad, they revolt, and they tear down the existing power structure. At that point, there's nothing stable enough to take its place. Inevitably, chaos ensues until a strong man emerges who can restore order and the people rally around him because they're sick of the chaos, destruction, and death they find themselves in. They put their faith in this strong man to restore structure and some semblance of normalcy. What they end up with is a dictator who again inevitably abuses his power, thus precipitating another revolution to remove him, and around we go. What made our founding fathers different? How did they succeed where so many others have failed? They didn't tear down their government. The colonies had established governance, and those structures remained. It was the united effort of those colonies, tenuous as their support was, that permitted the success of the movement. When the dust settled, they didn't have a pile of ashes to try to rebuild from. They had the same structure as before, only without meddling from the crown. Things need to change, there's no doubt about that, but the answer is not tearing down the system. The answer is found in the states. We need to return to a focus on state governance and take seriously the constitutional limitations on the federal government. Where there are abuses and usurpations, at the national level, those abuses and usurpations need to be challenged by states, not by the mob. We need to return our focus to our state governance. When states begin to genuinely stand up against the abuses and usurpations of the national establishment, that's when we'll begin to see real change. We also have to allow for differing states to govern differently, and those states need to take responsibility for the consequences of their choices. They can't be bailed out by other states. This one-size-fits-all model that we've been trying at the national level has utterly failed. We have people in some states trying to force their worldview on people from states a thousand miles away or more. 
the federal government is being used to make people live by rules in opposition to their conscience. We have to allow for those differences. We are the United States of America, not the homogenous states of America. I have no doubts remaining that this election was stolen. Above all else, the states in question broke their own election laws. Then, you have the videos of ballots being counted without observers, batches of ballots being run through machines multiple times, states with hundreds of thousands more ballots cast than voters casting, not to mention the audit reports we're finally starting to get that demonstrate the machines were designed to flip elections, and those features were enabled. Yeah, the game was rigged. This needs to be handled. Riots? Revolution? Whatever you want to call what happened today? Not the way to handle it. It's not right. It's not moral. It's not effective. What happened today probably set the conservative constitutional cause back a full generation. There is a double standard, yes. Antifa BLM can riot for months on end with little consequence, while the right can't so much as flick a booger without the media demonizing and the social media giants banning. There is a double standard. That doesn't mean we lower the standard. Have you ever tried to open a bag of chips or cereal and the bag just won't open? It stretches a bit, but it binds and you can't get it open? What happens if you just keep pulling harder? The bag comes open in a huge explosion and it was all for nothing because now the contents are all over the room. What's the solution? A different approach. You can change where you're grabbing on the bag or the angle at which you're pulling. You could get scissors. You could try opening it from the other end, where the packaging isn't binding. What you can't do is the same thing you've been doing, because it's not working, and if you push it too far, you end up with nothing. Let's try changing our tactics, changing our focus. We've put so much effort into electing senators and representatives and presidents to go to Washington, D.C. and fix things. Let's start working to get our state governments to stand against federal overreach. We can have much more influence at a more local level. I'm starting to discover the government will push the bounds of what they can get away with. They can and will do whatever they please if no one gets in their way. We have to get in their way. But how? In New England, a group of people found out what happens when a mob tries to stop a moving train. Remember, there's more than one way to open a bag of chips. Some are effective, some are not. The founders provided for this. They created a tiered system of checks and balances. The first line of defense was the Constitution itself. It draws express lines around the power of the federal government. They started ignoring those lines a long time ago. Then there's the balance and separation of powers between the three branches. With the Georgia special election flipping the balance in the Senate, if Biden and Harris are inaugurated in two weeks, the left will control the White House and both houses of Congress. The left has indicated an intention to nix the filibuster, which would remove pretty much the only tool the minority party has to check the majority. After that, there's nothing to stop them from adding Supreme Court justices until the left controls that branch too. It looks like the separation and balance of powers between the three branches will completely fail us before the end of the month. If that happens, the next line of defense is the states. We won't get all of them. I'm pretty confident that politicians in California and New York would hiss like a vampire by open curtains if it was tried there. But we don't need all the states. Just enough to stand in their way. We have that. The point is, our resistance to tyranny needs to be organized, substantial enough to actually make a difference, and most of all, orderly. Chaos and destruction won't fix this. If this gets fixed, it will be done by the states. We need to work within the existing structure. 
we still have effective structures. Chaos, mobs, violence, those are not going to be effective tools. Working within an established structure the way our founding fathers did, that can be an effective tool. We also need to remember, we keep expecting other people to solve our problems. When you really boil it down, self-governance means self-governance. Government by the people means that the people need to govern. If we're not governing ourselves, if we're not teaching our children, if we are not active politically, then what are we doing? How can we expect other people to do right by us if we don't do right by ourselves? We have to be involved, not violently, politically. All right, I'm going to call it there. This was a much shorter episode, but today's events needed to be addressed before everyone moves on to whatever comes up tomorrow. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Parler at Real Into the Fray. And now more than ever, be informed, stay safe, and please don't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm.